Vicky, it's your mother. No, you never call me. I mean, I wonder, is your finger broken? Just don't tell my mother. It's your mother. 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 No, you never call me. Just don't tell my mother. Just don't, just don't. Don't tell, don't tell. Where the hell are you? You are never home. Hello, my family. Welcome back to Don't Tell My Mother. I'm your host, Nikki Levy. I'm happy to be coming to you from my closet in Los Angeles. First of all, how is everyone? Are you are you having a good week? Are you feeling good? Are you enjoying fall? Are you having pumpkin spice lattes? I actually had one for the first time in my life. I felt like a basic bitch, but I'm going to be honest absolutely delicious. Today's episode are two of my very dear friends, Jamie Kelton and Robin Hopkins. They are podcasters, actors, authors. They have a podcast called If These Ovaries Could Talk. And they are two wonderful lesbian women who have devoted the last, I don't know, decade of their lives to talking about fertility, specifically stories of how LGBTQ people make families. Now, I've been a fan of this podcast for, I don't know, the last five or six years, and I reached out to them to come on Don't Tell My Mother because obviously I am going through fertility myself. The transfer is going to be soon. I will promise I will keep you posted. And I wanted some community on my baby making journey. And you know what? People talk about fertility a lot, but queer fertility is really its own animal. And uh, I wanted to do a little mishpucha, a little family. They're in New York. I'm in LA. We made beautiful music over the podcast airwaves. Here is Jamie and Robin right after this. Just don't tell my mother. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi. Hi. Is it sweater weather in New York? Not no. yet. It's actually like really humid today. And really? it rains. It's still very confusing. It's like it's, shorts with a sweatshirt maybe and then sweatpants, but you're sweaty. It's bisexual weather. Yeah. It's bisexual <laughs> weather. It's bisexual <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys because you have a long-standing podcast called If These Ovaries Could Talk. You give the log line of this podcast because I think you'll do a better job than me. Oh God! Two we're so lesbians bad at chatting about non-traditional families. Boom. Okay, with with non-traditional families as well. You have like single people, couple people, sometimes more than couple people talking about like how they made a family or how they want to make a family. So it's like IVF, surrogacy, adoption. Uh, what am I missing? People who were raised by LGBTQ parents, queer spawn, queer spawn. I don't uh, like queer, to call it spawn. queer spawn. Yeah, that's the term for them. That's, I didn't know that. That should no. be like the sequel to Squid Game. It feels so sci-fi. Sounds like tadpoles to me. It sounds like, like we in made ocean. it in the lab. But I mean, you know, sometimes we weren't I mean, in labs. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. No, by the end of this podcast, let's come up with a better term. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. God. Good luck. Okay. We've tried. Yeah. What's more? We're okay. going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Break it out and tell me what each of your... We'll start with Robin. What, Robin, what, what do each of your family structures look like? Uh... I have a wife named Mary, a daughter who's 12, and a son who's 10. Okay. 
And the son and the daughter are both with you and Mary, from you and yep. Mary. And, and I had uh, both the kids, but they have different donors, both of them from a sperm bank, but they have different donors because when I had the first one, I was all, oh, I'm not doing that again. We're going to adopt. And that was hard. Pregnancy stinks. And I sold back the sperm. <gasps> and then no. uh, and then when we went to have the second after, I was like, oh, that wasn't so hard. Let's just do it again. That he was out of the program. And then I, long, long story short, trips to Machu Picchu, somewhere, wherever I went. Where did I go, Jamie? Bogota, Colombia. Bogota. <clears throat> to try to have a, a, a kid by the same donor, and that didn't work. And then now we have wait, this wait. family. The donor lives lived in Bogota? <clears throat> no, but a woman who had a baby by the same donor had one more vial. <gasps> and we couldn't figure out how to ship it. So she was like, just bring the bring the mountain to Muhammad. And I was like, I don't go to church, but I think that means I come to you. You came and to I Jesus. did. Yeah, I did. And uh, it didn't work. And then eventually just got a new donor. And so they were meant to be how they were meant to be. You know, it was like they were, you know, so they have different donors. And so, you had IUI, meaning it when you, yep, you they got stuck it in there. Wow. You right didn't in, even right do in, like medicated nothing. Just they just put it in there. I got pregnant. And how I old were you? I was very lucky. Damn. 38 and 40. You are a fertile myrtle. Yeah. She is. Yeah. Um, uh, so I have uh, my wife, Anne, and mm-hmm. uh, we have a seven-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son. Okay. Uh, my wife gave birth to our daughter, and I gave birth to our son. Mm-hmm. Uh, same donor. We got the same donor, but we had to bring him out of retirement at the sperm bank. It was a whole long... Wait, you, you like, knocked on his door and said, come back out? <laughs> No, you no. It, come out, come out wherever you are. Yeah, well, I've learned you track that them down. If you well at sperm banks, if you have a chi- child with the donor yeah. and you run out of sperm and yeah. he's retired because you know they retire the donors after a certain amount of vials or a certain amount because of because they don't want the Vince Vaughn movie where siblings. there's like yeah. a thousand children. Yes, but if a family comes and says we want to make another child with this donor, they will go. And, and they already have one child with the donor. They will go and ask the donor if he's willing to come out of retirement for that family. But the caveat is you have to buy up all of the vials he produces. So it's it's moolah. It's and there's money. a wait, wait a too, minute. because they have to they have to re-quarantine it, test it, to do go all through that the stuff. whole so six-month process, time. and it's like a whole thing. So do you know anything about this donor? I mean, just what we know from the sperm bank. And we well, we found out when we went back that he's a teacher. But we Holy didn't know he shit. was a teacher at so, that point. He was still in school when we first chose him. So this is like you. So the sperm bank went to the donor and said, hey, you made a really good daughter first mm-hmm, mm-hmm. daughter. And this couple wants to have another kid. Will you jizz in the cup again? Uh huh. Basically. And, and he said, yeah. Yeah. And so because yeah, he can say no too. he can yeah. say no. Yeah, and we were lucky. He said yes. We didn't have to choose another donor because we really didn't want to. Um, and especially because we each gave like they would have not been genetically uh, tied at all. And we wanted them to have a genetic tie. After listening to all these all these families on our podcast, uh-huh. I realize now that was like silly. The genetics mean nothing. But at that time, when I was going through it, yeah, it meant a lot. And I really, really struggled with the idea that I wouldn't have a tie to one of the kids. Yeah. Um, when you're going through it, it's just hard to get the bird's eye view and to see it from a distance. Yeah. Can I tell you yeah. guys, I think it's hard when we're going through anything, but especially fertility with something with such high stakes. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys have the talks with your kids, the ones that I guess that are of age? 
of yeah. hey, where did you come from? And have they oh, asked yeah. her? Tell, can oh, you yeah, tell from, how did it how did it go? How did you do it? From oh, day one. It's not like one conversation, it's a hundred conversations. It starts uh starts off like when they're very young. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you add to it as you go. Um, like for me, the impetus was like my daughter kept walking up to men on the street and saying, that's my daddy. And Stop I was, it. You know, we were like, no, no. At, and, at and you know age? what's funny? My daughter did that too, which is hilarious. But <laughs> it was like three. At three, it was mm-hmm. soon as she went yeah. to, as soon as she went to daycare because she looked around and she saw dads coming to pick up and she all of a sudden realized there was this thing called dads. And so, and so mm-hmm. that we got this really specific so cute, book. Robin. Yeah, it was adorable. Except the first guy was like definitely homeless, and I was like, if you could oh, just no. back away from him, that'd be that'd be great. I hope that's um, not your dad. Yeah, <laughs> well, we got like a really specific book that was exactly like two moms, IUI, donor sperm, and then we just started reading it. And whenever she would do that thing on the street, we would read it a bunch of nights in a row. And then if she had any questions, we would answer them. But we really let her lead. And then we've just added on over the years. Like then it became about donor siblings. Then it became about like, oh, you have different donors. Then it became, oh, these are some of your donor siblings because we're in Facebook groups, like secret Facebook groups with yes. them. Yes. Oh, and, and these people use the same donor. And oh, that's Maxine's donor. And so now it's like my my daughter talks to my son doesn't seem to care, but my daughter does <clears throat> talks to a lot of her siblings um, in like Facebook Messenger. Has she um, met and there's them? one that lives not too far away that she bumps into sometimes. And it's crazy. They look alike. When they've met siblings of theirs, do you sense a connection? Or is it like they've met anybody else at the playground? It's anybody else. At least in my experience, it's anybody yeah. else in the playground. You know, it's like if they like a kid, they like a kid. If they don't, they don't. And it doesn't matter who they are. Right? I think <laughs> It's like siblings, I, I, right? Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Are your donors open donor? Meaning like... Yeah. And I'll explain yeah. this for people, like meaning like the person said, oh, I'm open to being contacted when when this kid is 18. So yes. And I think it's a commitment, right? Like if contacted, they have to respond or no? No, they don't no. have to. They, they have don't to. have to. They have to be open to the contact, but then they can say no. But I'll tell you what, somebody in one of my kids' groups swabbed their kids and found the donor, <gasps> knew the donor, and then shared it with all of us. It was, we were all, I was not ready for that information. I have to tell like, you, that would, I was not. to me, I, I actually not. don't think that's okay. Personally, I don't no. think that's okay. I think that's I a wa- breach of privacy. I, I wasn't thrilled. It, it, well, first of all, it, um, they can send you like a cease and desist for that. Like it, it's against the rules that you signed. You you agree that you will not in any way track down the donor. And and there was a there was a woman who did that, and there that like that the, a sperm bank sued. But that and then also it was a breach of privacy for all of the other people because she responded on behalf of the group. It really freaked me out. It really freaked me out because it wasn't. First of all, I thought the conversation was coming like 10 more years. Like I thought I had till he was 18. Like I didn't, I yeah. didn't think it was happening now. So my head wasn't in the right place. And then also just like, I don't, like who the dude was. I was kind of like, oh, okay. Like I was like, I had to, it was not who I pictured or who I thought or it, like I had to have a reckoning with it. And we just put it away. Like they created another group with him because he was open Wow. He was open. It just um, feels they created like another such... group, and I was just like, I don't want any part of that. I was like, I'm going to let my son lead that, and then if he wants to, he can. Right. It's his decision. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but for me, I saw the picture of the donor as a child, as a young child. Uh-huh. But there's uh-huh. no adult pictures. I don't know no. where he's from. Yep. I don't know his name. You know, yeah. I don't know yeah. key information, and I don't want to know. As much as I'm you curious. You don't want to know. You don't want to know. All of a sudden, I was on the dude's LinkedIn profile, and I'm judging his career path. No, you're stalking the donor. No, they sent I, it. They sent the link, and I couldn't help myself from clicking it. And it was like, I didn't want that information, you know? 
on an, on the other side, I think <laughs> I wouldn't mind knowing, honestly. Is that true, really? I think so. I mean, I don't know. I haven't been faced with it, but I, I wanted would to be, know down I'm the road. Curious. I just didn't want to know now. I wasn't ready personally. Yeah. What was the I hardest? Think... What was the hardest part about knowing Robin? Like, what do you feel like was the toughest? What like, What was the revelation that you did not expect? Besides, uh, he he was gay, which I didn't. I didn't. I didn't expect that Whoa. because they sperm do, banks don't blo- take gay. They donors. don't take gay men, so he must have been. So that was one. And Which then he was a like thing. a former a former actor. No, not a former actor. You're screwed, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> so you are coming on my podcast and you are going to each share a story that you wouldn't want your mom to know. And then, Robin, we are going to meet your daughter. What's her name? Maxine? Maxine. I already love Maxine now. Oh, she's, exciting. she's excited. She's excited. It's Maxine. I think Jamie should go first. Oh, God. I don't know what story you're going to tell. I'm so excited, Jamie. Go. Tell me everything. Oh, my God. I don't even know where to start. This is so awkward. (laughs) I love it. This is a story about that time I was forced to tell my mother that I had had sex. So, in defense of myself, I was the youngest. I mean, I was the last one to do any of the stuff. I was always the last one. I grew up in... A city and okay. and kids were doing stuff that um, I think kids not in a city might not have actually been doing. I mean, there was a lot of sex in middle school. There was drugs in middle Damn. school. I grew up in New York and I was not having any sex. Well, I don't know. Maybe San Francisco is a little different. But yeah, probably there. You know, I was the last one to have sex and I was in ninth grade when I had sex. So cheese wow. okay, so, Louise. And I was the last one. They were like, Jamie, when are you going to lose your virginity? What is wrong with you, Jamie? Like, literally, I, there were the, the pressure that they would that, that was put on driving. me. Yes. Oh, my God. Jamie. And I felt I literally felt pressure to have sex. And I finally. So this is the story. So I went to high school. Uh, I went to a new high school with all new friends. I, I, I left the public school system and I went to um, a Catholic school just because it's what my parents could afford. So you switched schools to be a new person? Yes. Okay, yeah. got it. So uh, so I'm in this new school and I'm, I want to prove that I'm cool and I want to prove that I'm one of them and they're all doing the same shit my friends were doing in my other school and all my other friends are doing. They're all, nobody's a virgin anymore. And the first question you get asked, I swear to God, like one of the first questions was always, hey, what's your name? Oh yeah, how old are you? Are you a virgin? Like it was, it was like that. What the hell? What are these Catholic girls doing? Are you a virgin? And it's not just, I mean, like like it was everywhere. Only the good die young. (laughs) I don't know what it was about where I was in that pocket of time, but that's what, that's how the, the the peer pressure to lose your virginity was very strong and it affected me. And I was I was like not I was very like like I said, I had been around all the bases like I except I never I never was into blowjobs. You just never literally did, did this. I know. You're never into beach. I never did blowjobs. I don't. But bases one to I'm three. I'm a lesbian. Bases one I've to three. I've been I had done what you could do. Little, what you, you could do. Handy. You I think handy. the BJ is sloppy third. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm not into that, never was. I'm a lesbian, come to find out. But so, yeah. um, uh, so I had this guy friend, Miguel, and since <laughs> sixth grade, we have been basically like, what do you call it? Like, 
kiss buddies. Like, we would just always get together and, like, make Friends out and benefits. do stuff. Friends with benefits. From sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. We were never a thing. We were never an item. He was never my boyfriend. Right. But he was just kind of, like, that friend that I would get together and try stuff with. Yeah. <laughs> And I didn't so, have any friends like that. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, I had it, sounds, a few. it really sounds bad. I feel like it's putting me in a very bad light. But no, uh, you know, Stop I was a very sweet kid. Yourself. I was nice. So high school comes around and my friend, I had one friend who was also a virgin. And okay. we said, all right, we're going to do it. We're going to we're going to invite our our friends with benefits over. Yes. And we're going to do it. We're going to both do it on that same night in separate mm-hmm. rooms. Mm-hmm. And so we did. (laughs) We invited them over and uh, parents were out of town or away for the night or something. Oh, my God. This is like so awkward. And you bring Miguel and your friend invites. I don't know if my mom knows this part of the story. Oh, my God. And so Miguel came over and um, let's call him Tomas. I don't even know why I said that name. That's the weirdest name. I was going with Jonathan, but I like Tomas. Yeah, Jonathan works. And um, we did it. And I'm not sure she actually went through with it, but I did. Did it? I mean, it was kind of like, I'm not even sure if it really counts because I'm not sure it really went all the way in. Like it was like not, it was not, it was not much. There was not much to it. Not much happened. Um, Then a couple weeks later, I'm doing my play practice. I'm calling it play practice because my wife calls it practice. You have practice because she's from Queens and she does sports. I'm in rehearsal because I was in rehearsal for a show. Okay. I was a musical theater girl and I hurt my toe. And so my mom has to take me to the ER to get my toe checked out. And we go in the doctor's office. Yeah. (laughs) Go in the doctor's office. We're in the doctor's office. She's asking me all the questions. And then she says, um, Mom, I'm going to need you to leave the room for a second. I just want to ask Jamie some questions. Oh, no. Mom, Mom leaves the room. It's the worst. And she says, before I give you this x-ray, I need to know if you're pregnant. And I was like, I don't know why I told the truth. I don't know to this day why I told the truth. I, I hadn't got my period, but I was 14. Like, my periods were all over the place. Right. Also, it really didn't count. It didn't count. But I freaked out. I got so scared, and I was like, um, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and the doctor looks at me, and she goes, well, are you going to tell your mom, or am I? Oh. I feel like that's illegal, by the way. Well, it was one of the worst moments of my life and I'm really close with my mom and all my life my friends would make fun of me because I was the good one I wouldn't do this stuff because and my phrase was always you guys my mom I can't and they would make fun of me like oh Jamie's mom Jamie's mom she can't (laughs) cut school Jamie's mom she can't you know like I was always afraid of disappointing my mom mom or letting my mom down so what happened then so I said I will. <gasps> I will tell her. Oh my god! And it's like you're when you're telling her, awful? like what? You're not. You don't know anything, right? It's uh-uh. not like you're telling uh-uh. her you are pregnant or. No, I had to tell. She, she brings my mom. So, uh, Miss Kelton, your daughter has something to say. She brings my mom. She closes the door. Something to tell you. She closes the door behind her, and my mom's like. What? What's going? What? What? You know, she's got that concerned look that I can't stand. Yeah. And I just said, um. Uh, I've had sex. And she was like, what? I mean, the disappoint. I'm so afraid of disappointing my mom. How she feels about me means the world to me. And the disappointment and the shock on her face, uh, my heart just dropped. It was, it was 
awful. And then, of course, well, with who? How? What do you talk? And then the questions and the, the, you know, and so it was the most awkward, awkward moment of my life. It was awful. And and then we had to go, I had to pee in the cup. And then we had to go, we had to go walk it to the lab. And then this as is we're walking this through woman the waiting, is horrible. It's terrible. That as we're walking through the person. waiting room to the lab, who's there but my aunt and uncle? No! <laughs> with my pee, with my pee cup. <laughs> And I'm really close with this aunt and uncle. My mother's Maybe brother. You're walking there. around with your broken toe. You're like, my toe still hurts. So my t- they they were there because they had they just had to go for a visit for something, and they just happened to be in the waiting room. And I walk. What are you guys doing like, this here? This is your life. It's terrible. <laughs> what are you guys doing here? And I was like holding my f- pregnancy pee cup. Like, um, my and this toe. is also you could get a toe X ray, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then my toe wasn't even a broken. A sex ray. Yeah, a sex ray. <laughs> a sex ray. And then I wasn't pregnant and my toe wasn't broken. And I had to I had to ruin my mother's whole idea of of who I was in that moment. It was it's just awful. So my mom knows, but we don't talk about we still don't talk about it. I can't even talk about it with her. It's so awkward to bring up. And she still every time it does get up, come brought up, she has the, the question. Well, so get up every time it gets up. She has yes. she has she the questions the question. Well, who was he and what? Well, where did you do it? Did and you tell I her it was Miguel even, in her in her house? She never met Miguel. She never knew Miguel. It but was did just she know it was my her house? friend from school. No, she does now. No, but now she does. Oh my god! Listens to is, everything. Now I feel like we have to call her. No, 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 no. This really? is so awkward because the look on her face is just the worst. The worst. The only other time it happened was when I told her I was gay and that face ha- came back. As bad as the sexy toe? It's just that that sunken face, that sunken faced look that is like, <sighs> I don't know you. You know, like that. I don't know you. I thought I knew you, but I don't know you. And it just is heartbreaking. <laughs> it's <laughs> terrible. Okay, you have to think about whether you have, want to call your mother, though, and tell her that. Just because... It's so, I'm just saying, maybe she knew. I'm just saying, you, you sometimes think your mom doesn't know things and she does. She might. Know. All right. I mean, I, I'll tell her. She knows the story. So it's not like that's going to be a huge shock. I can do that. You want me to call her right now? Sure. Call her. If you want but to. Ha- it's truly up to you. And just put her on speakerphone? Yeah, put her on speaker. Oh, God. I'm scared now. Now I'm actually nervous. She's going to get mad. Hello. Hi, mom. Hi. What are you doing? Uh, just sitting down watching television. Oh, okay. Well, I'm on. I'm guesting on a podcast called "Don't Tell My Mother." Oh. <laughs> and uh, are you ha- basically you have to tell a story that that you you didn't want your mom to know when you were a kid. This is so awkward. <laughs> so, so you want me? You want me to listen? Yeah, I want you to listen. But it, you already know the story, so that's great. So there, I'm okay. just thinking there might be an aspect of the story that you didn't know. So I'm just so remember, you know, remember the whole toe incident in the dro- doctor's office. The toe incident at the doctor's oh. office. That, that when we went to the doctor's office, the office, and I had to get an X-ray, and I couldn't get an X-ray before I told you I had sex. Oh, I do remember that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, so. I don't. I didn't know if you knew that I had that the place. Do you know where I had sex? And it really wasn't like sex, mom. It was like nothing. It was barely sex. Like it doesn't really even count. Mm-hmm. Do, do okay. You, do you know where it was? No, I don't. Oh, uh, it was at our house. Oh, interesting. 
Yeah. I mean, I thought you okay. might laugh. Like, it's so funny at this point. It's just so long ago. <laughs> Yeah, right. Okay. How does she feel? Is she upset? So you're not upset, okay. Mom, about that? Who was this guy? I don't even know who this guy was. You never met him. You never met him. It was just a friend from school that I was friendly with a lot. Real friendly. Mm. A lot. <laughs> yeah, you never met him. You never knew him, so it doesn't really matter because you never knew him. It was... Mm. Be- okay. So awkward. This is so awkward. It's hilarious. Well, it's, it's not. It's okay. I'm not. I'll just listen to it. If I have questions, I'll listen. I'll ask it. Okay. All right. So. Okay. okay. Well, that's good. Thanks okay. for. Thanks for thanks listening. For, thanks for um. Thanks for taking the call. Okay. Okay, mom. Bye, I love Sue. you. I love you too. Okay. Bye. Bye. Ooh. It was awkward. That's okay. so awkward. Oh. I think she was. Are you drinking? No, it's iced tea, I wish. I feel like you guys are going to have a nice talk after and you're going to like, you're going to have closure on a moment that was not, that's what I think is going to happen. I do too. Okay. Robin, you're not off the hook. You're in the hot seat. Uh, This is a story about that one time I got in trouble with the cops because of a single beer. We'll be back with Jamie and Robin right after this. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I was 19. Yes. And my dad, like, would make up for, like, you know, not being there for my childhood. He lived in the same town that I uh, went to college in by saying, like, come by. I'll give you $10 in gas money. So I would go get my gas money and then we would go buy beer. And we did. We went and got some beer. And me and my friend, it was a lovely Tuesday afternoon. It was sunny. It was bright. And we were like, let's get some beer and let's let's play some Frisbee on the quad. And uh, I went into the store and normally the place didn't card me, but they did. And I, I used a fake ID. And we get in the car and my friend opens her beer and, you know, and we're about to pull out. And she takes a big sip of the beer and I look over and I see a cop car that's like no more than 15 oh, no. feet from us that was there to catch speeders. And I said, did you just take a sip of that beer? And she said, yeah. In front of the cop. And I said, OK. And so he, they turn the lights on. They come over and, you know, and he's pulling us out of the car and like the whole like just hard ass thing coming at us. And he's like, how old are you? And I'm like, 18. And, and he's like, how old are you? And she's like, 18. And then she's like, oh, wait, I'm 19. And I'm like, OK, that's helpful. I'm like, it's still 21. I'm like, none of this is helpful. So they put us in the back of the cop car. They take us in and they are just scaring the crap out of me. And she just had like a got a ticket. Because, but I had presented an ID, so it was like criminal impersonation. It was oh, like no. you know. Oh, you presented it, a fake ID. I did. I did. It was like some random girl that you know, like got handed down from people to people. As soon as someone turned yes. twenty-one, you got that random like yes. Massachusetts license. Yes. The girl looked nothing like me. It was absurd. Yes. Um. So 
you know, he, I'm, I have to call my friends. They've got to come pick me up. And, and, and the cops, and I'm just, I, I, I have no game. I started sobbing from the second the guy came to like the whole, like, I'm just, I'm just crying the whole time. And now he's like starting to ease up because I'm not, I won't stop crying. And I'm, and I'm getting fingerprinted. I'm literally getting fingerprinted. And he said, you know, uh, so what's your major? And I said, what's my major? I'm going to prison. I was no. like, what? I was like, You're like, I don't have a future anymore. Oh, I was like, I'm ruined. Because he was like, I don't know if you'll be kicked out of college for this. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, and I just kept like sobbing more and more and more. And the cop had said to me, like, listen to me, honey. He was like, there's going to be this program. It's called diversion. You're going to do it. You're going to ask for diversion. You're going to go do some, like, community service. And it just, it goes away. It goes, like, it just goes away. I've never so, heard of diversion. It was, I think, a local thing. So, like, cut to, like, I had a court date. So I show up and I'm like, I'm going to diversion. Like, I'm not thinking anything of it. Diversion. And I'm just sitting there, you know, waiting for my name to be called. I Like, and I, you know, I, what do I know for prison? So... They call my name and I, they asked me to come up and I'm like, I'm again, almost like throwing up again. And they said, how do you plead? And I said, really? how do I plead? I was like, they said something about diversion. I was like, that was like a thing with community You're service. Like, That's and why I'm judge, here. And the judge was just like, just go sit down. Like, please, <laughs> just, just fucking go sit down. And they enrolled me in this diversion program and I had to do some community service. And then I had to meet with like a parole officer for like six weeks I like pull up and I had to keep like a journal. And like every time I went out drinking with my friends, I wrote, um, went to see a band. And the guy was like, well, you really like music. And I was like, well, you know, <laughs> I'm a groupie. So I'm very cultural. And only later when I was getting ready to do second parent adoption and I had to. Oh, shit. And when they had to run through all your stuff. Did I panic? And I called and it was not sealed. It was supposed to be sealed. And so I had to like do some paperwork and then they sealed it up and I wanted to get the, the, the mug shots cause to see me in my, like my, cause I had a mullet, a permed mullet, you know, oh cause my it God. was, you know, I can see this. cause you know, yeah, yeah. You could see it all day. <laughs> and I was probably in like a J crew rugby holding up my sign that says dumbass, you know, nine, seven, five, two, four. That's my donor number. It, it is currently rumor has it sealed and never to be heard from again. But however, so I graduated, I, I graduated high school early. So I was, I was uh, 20 when I graduated college. Like I had just turned 20. Mm -hmm. And so that meant that the whole time I was there, I was like illegal in the bars. And I was like, not going to not go. That's where all my friends were. So there was this thing and it was a small town. So the cops would come in and they would walk around and cart a few people. And every time they did, I would sprint to the bathroom and hide. And I would say to my friends, come, come get me, come get me when the cops leave. And my fucking friends would leave me in the bathroom every single time. I'd be in there for like 24 hours. I'd be like, God damn it. Are the cops on? They'd be like, oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so it was like I was nervous until I turned 21. Because if I got in trouble, they said they would bring it back. So you had to be extra careful after this happened because... Well, I clearly wasn't. I was still <laughs> drunk in the bars. I just hid in the bathrooms. Like, that was my... <laughs> Which, by the way, the Love first it. place the cops would go is to the bathrooms. So I was panicked the whole yeah. rest of college. But mm. I Did never you told, I never told my parents until, I never told my dad ever, I don't think. And I think I told my mom maybe like a year or two later yes. after it had all been handled. Have you had to teach Maxine about, um, you know, I mean, there's no drinking and driving really because you live in this, you live in the city? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, no, you, there's not that, but more like, and that's what's interesting is like, I was really like tossing and turning about it, like how this was going to be told to my daughter, because I'm like, I now I'm in a different position. Like I'm not fun Robin. I like, I'm when you tell the story, you're fun Robin. Yeah. You know, it's like, look at me. I was drunk. I fell, I fell off the bus and I was throwing up here or whatever. You know, it's like, but then there's like the, when you shift to your parent brain, mm-hmm. everything's a lesson and everything's, if you're going to admit it, I did mm. that, but here's the reasons maybe you don't want to do it or, or here's the things you want to think about if you're going to do it, you know, but at the same time, cause Jamie and I were talking about this too beforehand, like, Nobody was telling me anything like, I, you know, I did have alcoholic. I did have alcoholic parents, but like nobody. So things would happen and then you never talked about them the next day. You just woke up and you went on. And that was the way it was. Yep. And so I am talking to them now about drinking and about, you know, or about drugs, even from a point of view of like, you have to be careful because this is our family structure. Or I'm telling them about my mom and she died. You know, like of, that's of, of alcoholism. Ultimately, yeah. Okay. I mean, emphysema, I think, yeah. might have been what was the end. But it was, I, you know, yeah. I think she was also on pills and things and she just mm-hmm. wasted away, really. Yeah. So your family, you guys have a history with this. So what do you want to do differently with Maxine than your mom did with you? I think what we're what I'm trying to bring into the conversation is like about peer pressure. That's awesome. And a, and a, Which is what happened to me. Yeah. I was talking with Robin about how, like, it's a hard, and Robin touched on this, but, like, how you talk to your daughter about this is totally different than how you're going to talk to your friends about it and stuff. So it's, I think it's going to be a really, really poignant, wonderful conversation to see. Let's call your daughter. Hi, Maxine. What's up, Maxine? This guy. Oh, my God. Maxine. Okay, Maxine, you're 12 years old? Yes. Well, this is a podcast where people talk about stories that they don't want their moms to know. (laughs) So, uh, and then sometimes people bring their moms and sometimes people bring their kids. So that's That's where you you come in. That's you. She put lip gloss on for this. I was wearing lip gloss before I just reapplied it. (laughs) Oh, my God, Maxine. (laughs) Do you have a, a relationship with Robin where you guys, where she tells you a lot you tell her a lot or is it more like you know what do you think I mean I tell her a lot I would say I tell her most things we talk a lot about like feelings or whatever like I usually come to her if I have a problem but we don't really talk about a lot of anything with her I don't think (laughs) is that true occasionally (laughs) but not really a lot like, you kind of just go, like, it's been a hard day, and you just don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> like, you don't oh. really say anything. Kids are so funny. You guys are so I funny. I know. I know. Your mom told a story <laughs> today on the podcast, and it was, she was just going to give you a little snippet of it. Okay. And then I, I want to know what you I think I told the story about in college about how I was in the car, and my and we had bought beer, and I was underage, and I had used, a, I had used a, <laughs> fake, a fake ID, so an ID that was not made that ma- presented me as older. Mm. And my friend drank the beer, and the police saw us, and I got arrested. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thoughts, thoughts, Did Maxine? you go to jail? <laughs> I, I did not go to jail. I did get fingerprinted. They did take my mugshot. Like they run your fingerprints to Ooh, see. Can I see the mugshot? 
I don't. I don't have it. <laughs> I, I want to see the mugshot too. She had a mullet. She had a mullet. She had a maybe, mullet I'll see if I can. You had a mullet? maybe maybe I'll double down and see if I can find it. Your, yes, your yeah. daughter didn't you even know me. you had a mullet. I mean, this is the most important part of the story. No. Yes, you know I had a mullet. I, I mean, mullet. I think I found out at Ithaca, but like that was it. I had a mullet with a perm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw was that picture. The mullet out at it that point. Not, I think it's not cute. Listen, a lot of people <laughs> in upstate New York had the mullet. Still have it. So your mom got into trouble, but was able to not necessarily get arrested, right? I, I did some community service. Correct. I had to like go talk to like a person every week. And then after a, a period of time, they said, okay, just don't get in trouble again. And if you do get in trouble again, and then we're going to bring in like a week later. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it gets. I think she gets. knows you this, very well, your daughter. What? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe she was listening in the other room. I mean, like, there was this birthday video that, like, we made for mom. And, like, there wasn't a single person who didn't talk about her obsession with margaritas. <laughs> what? Like, there wasn't a single Don't person. Don't you, Robin. Okay, yeah. Maxine, what has mom taught you? Because you're at an important age, right? Like, 12 is kind of like a, an important age. You're becoming... I guess, yeah. You know so you're what a turning point of freedom. and Yeah. Um... What has mom taught you about you know, drinking and, and drugs and that, those lot. important conversations. Uh, we had too many conversations <laughs> that were repeated, but I would say the main one is like peer pressure. We yes. had like a pretty large conversation about that, which I don't have a huge problem with that right now. Like I don't give in to anything, especially jaywalking. Like that is one of the ones that I've <laughs> never given up on. But we also talk about how like peer pressure can come out of nowhere. Yeah, it's like, like I think how when you get older, it's going to get harder and harder as you get older and you want to be more likable and like blah. What do you remember of your mom teaching you about, um, you know, where you came from and, and we, how you, yeah. yeah. We had an entire, like they got a book. Um, yeah. And we've been learning about it like from the start. Like it wasn't everything of like, well now you're like 58. Now let's tell you, like we learned from like the beginning, like they had a book for us when you're we like, I was like three, maybe four, mm -hmm. like from a pretty early age. I knew what it was. I like had later on questions. Yeah. Kind of, I guess, about like how it worked or whatever. But I was always kind of, <laughs> but I was always kind of just told like this dude gave stuff. There was never mm -hmm. like a stage where we didn't like talk about it. Like we've always talked about it. I would say. Do you have other kids at school with gay parents or queer parents? Like one or two, but like I have a very specific memory from like third grade of like talking about it, and then yeah. like the entire class was like like asking me a ton of like questions and everything and like not a lot of people know what it means like I and I was like met this girl and she's like my friend or whatever and some kid was like asking about it in like the nicest way like they weren't like bullying me or whatever but right. they like did they were like so are you adopted and the girl like automatically answered she's like no it's a sperm donor and I didn't even tell her that and she automatically knew it and I was so like taken by shock because not no one ever knows about it everybody just naturally assumes that I'm adopted which is weird. But there's a lot more kids who are, like, gender fluid or, yeah, like, my school, in, in her school. I say this a lot, but at my school, you're kind of either gay or homophobic. So everybody's kind of just a giant mix. But, yeah, at my school, you're, like, there's a lot of people who are not straight, like, gay or trans or... There's a lot of people who and are trans are... And what grade are you in? Eight? I'm in seventh grade. Seventh grade. And But there's sixth graders... Um, 
I came out, I think, in fifth grade. Kids came out in fourth grade. Like, it's been happening so for a while. Do you identify as something other um, than straight? I'm bisexual. Oh, cool. Awesome. That's so cool. And, like, when you came Had out, girl. When, when you came out, yeah, really, when you came <laughs> out to Robin, what did you tell her? It wasn't a big thing. I was just talking about how I had a crush on a girl from camp, and Mom was just like, okay. Like, it wasn't a big thing. I'm, it was just melting. happened. I'm melting. <laughs> <laughs> it just happened. And, like, because, like, all of my friends are. Like, it's not really a big this thing is, anymore. We were born in the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's, like, a thing of, like, except my friend, like I was talking about earlier, when she came out to her mom, her mom was like, oh, you're just doing it because it's a trend. Wow. Because so many people are coming out as bisexual or omni or... I like what? omni. Um, yeah, omni, yeah. Um, there's omni, there's... Pan. Pan. There's pan, there's like... Yeah, there's queer. queer. There's another one that I can't remember. I think it's like, it's like sounds like Pluto or something. It's something similar. To that. There's a lot like the of, demisexual. There's oh, demisexual. Demis. There's asexual, which there's asexual. There's aromantic. There's so many things. Damn. There you go. Yeah. I love to ask this at the end of every podcast. I want to know, Robin and Maxine, what you love most about each other. I, you go first, Maxine. <laughs> Um, she gives me money. Kidding. Um, I would say <laughs> 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 um, that I feel like if anything ever happened, like if I'm confused about like my emotions or if something's happening at school and I need advice, like I can always go to her for it. That's beautiful. I'm going to say three things. I love her kindness. I love, I love her joy. And I love, um, her, like, she's like a little, uh, like she takes care of people like she like if somebody's upset she's the first one to go in and like try to help them she's like she's like a little mentor um she, i don't know where I'm she learning, got it from i feel like i'm learning way too much a little mama microphone. yeah <laughs> no. well and, and, just, and also just like her little oh she's laughing because i'm mama oh so that's why she's laughing I'm, she's not me but no. also i was gonna say i got the bossiness from you her ability to her ability to uh her ability to uh like just not be affected by like things it's like she awesome. really doesn't give two craps what people think it's like maxine teach us maxine teach us <laughs> <laughs> teach us all maxine all of you all of you i'm just happy we got to do this together maxine thank you for coming and bringing your 12 year old wisdom yep thanks maxine <laughs> thank you for having me oh thank you ladies thank you so much this was so fun if it's not one thing it's, it's your, your mother, mother. <laughs> thank you for listening my fam now i realized when this episode ended that we never thought of a better name for queer spawn so what about cock k-o-q kids of queers Yes, no, sound off in my DMs on Instagram at Don't Tell My Mother. And something that was really cool, by the way, is that later, I guess it was that night after um, our episode was recorded, Jamie texted me and her mother left her a voicemail giving some feedback and some thoughts about what Jamie told her. I am going to play that for you right after this and do us a big favor. If you'd like to help us spread the word about Don't Tell My Mother, give us a five-star review and subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and every major listening app. And guys, just remember, our mothers know how to push our buttons because they're the ones who installed them. Mwah! I love you all so much. Call your mothers. Be good to yourselves. Here's Jamie's mama. 
Yes, I do remember that time at Kaiser. I was a bit surprised by the news because I, I didn't know you were close to any boy, particularly. Uh, on thinking about it after, I decided that this was a peer pressure thing, totally. I knew, I knew all of your girlfriends, and most of them were a lot more promiscuous, if you might say. They probably talked about the fact that they had had sex with a boy and put pressure on you, who was the, the lone standout, I'm guessing. Um, decided that it was probably uh, an attempt by you to fit in with your girlfriends. Uh, I don't know if that's the actual case. We never did talk about it, but I do remember that conversation very well. Don't Tell My Mother is created, hosted, and executive produced by Nikki Levy, my daughter. The show is executive produced by John Cryer. Oh my God, I love him. And Lisa Joyner and Jody Zuckerman Weiner at Discount Sushi. Our producer is Liza Glukoft. Co-producer, Andrew Condon. Mixed and edited by Donovan Bullen. Theme song by Donovan Bullen and Joe McKenzie. Distributed by Acast. Now go call your mothers. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.